This is a HeadGum Podcast. In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club Jack. Yeah. Hey, it's me, your friend Tanner. Hey, Tanner. Let me set the scene. Okay. If I may. Please. Feel free to triangulate because I'm going to be gone in 12 hours, but I am sitting in a Airbnb in Ferndale, California. It's a small one-room Airbnb. My wife, Jamie, is sitting 15 feet away on the bed. Uh Uh-oh. She's listening to your entire side of this conversation. She can only hear my side. She can't hear you. Okay. For one, the, for the first time ever, yeah, we are unable to see one another because um, I'm using the Babysitters Club Club road gear. Yeah, it, it feels to me like we're in a cave, feeling around in the darkness, looking for I, each other, trying to make. I'm a on vacation. Yeah. But I took the time to visit with you and Baby Nation mm-hmm. in the middle of my vacation with my wife, Jamie. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just earlier today, I was up in the beautiful redwood forest of Northern California. Mm-hmm. We went to a beautiful canyon called Fern Canyon, where the ferns grow. Ooh. And now I'm here talking to you about Babysitter's Club. Well, you don't need to tell me any of this, Tanner, because I'm inside your head now okay that's spooky you may not know this tanner but the days where you get one over on me where you lead me down the garden path where you interrupt me and get me off track those days are gone because i have gotten inside your head i have infiltrated your life i understand you now from the inside out i have slept in your bed petted your cat Drunk your coffee, washed myself with your Old Spice body wash. I have picked up and read the Star Wars novelizations on your bedside tables. I have perused your mist reader. I have washed my bottom with your custom Tushy brand bidet. It's not custom. Anyone can buy one of those. Yeah, I have one too. Um, that's right. You, I, I've been on vacation for a few days and you came to New York in a, in a two ships passing in the night like scenario. Yeah. You came into town the day I left you for a wedding. You came to town for a wedding and took up residence in my home. In your life. With my permission. I feel like I fully understand you now. You've been in my home before. Yeah, but I've never, like, I, I smell like you smell now. Mm-hmm. You know? Very good. I know the, the well, it's got, it's, it's a strong, it's a strong old spicy flavor. It's just, uh, it's what the grocery store next door sells. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm covered in it. And I, and I've slept between those same sheets. Actually, those are new sheets we bought just for you. <laughs> Well, anyway, what I'm trying to say is, thank you for like we didn't want it. you didn't we want we didn't want the the smell of our love making all over you. <laughs> I'll remind you that my wife is ten feet away from me, and she is uh, she's nodding uh, in approval. She also she doesn't didn't want. I don't think she's thrilled about the way this conversation is. Going. <laughs> Good man, I'm just feeling in the dark here. Uh, what about? <laughs> 
What about if we uh, try to introduce a podcast, see what happens? Fine, Jack. All right. If that's what you want to do. Can I that's tell you about I my want. day, though? It's beautiful, man. Yeah, it sounds nice. I've been all over this damn West Coast you got here. Tomorrow, I'm going to get in a car. I'm going to go down to San Francisco. Please do bleep that, though, because I'm going to be there for a few days, and I don't want anyone in Baby Nation to, the, to okay, cool. hunt me down. Still on the West Coast, though, right? West Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for it's down. Days. it's down from where you currently are. South of where I currently am, yes. How many miles would you say? Uh, 200. Due south? Due south. All right, Baby Nation. You have everything you need to know to find him. Two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> hi, hi, and welcome to the Babysitter's hi, Club. How are you today? I'm talking to the Baby Nation. Oh, okay. Club. Let's take it from the top. Hi, hi, and welcome hi. To, the baby, to the Babysitter's Club. 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 A podcast about the classic novels of the Princess of the Prince of Towns, St. Annabel Matthews Martin, Stormborn, Soul Skinner, Mother of Clocks, and Bane to Bats, first of her name, last of her kind, last hope for humankind. Uh, specifically, we talk about her great sitter's cycle, a cycle of sitters, an epic cycle of books about a series of babysitters. This week, we read a book called Christy and the Dirty Diapers. I'm Jack Shepard. I'm America's favorite <laughs> Babysitter's Club critic, Tanner Daniel Greenring. <laughs> that sounded good. That felt good, didn't it? Yeah, it felt really good. I'm going to apologize now in advance for my audio quality i imagine it'll be fine and this mm-hmm. only only the audio nerds out there will notice that i'm using the babysitter's club road um gear as mentioned before but also there's a very loud refrigerator mm-hmm. six inches from the back of my head that is it's just rumbling away back there you could unplug it i tried i it's a big very big refrigerator and i'm a very weak man and we've got your wife my wife is actually, seems like she might be pretty close to nodding off at this point, to be honest. Oh, really? Even uh, though well, it's only 7.45 here. This is the first time we've ever had an official audience for our podcast. That's true. And so it's deep. This is, in some ways, Tanner, is this our first live show? Um, Yeah. Well, your wife was often aware of our presence when we recorded back at your Brooklyn apartment. Yeah, but in the other room. Yeah. I think this no, is Jamie's right here. This is our first live show. How's it tell the baby nation how it's going out there with our first live audience? It's great. Um they're the audience from what I can tell, I'm looking out at the crowd, 100% yeah. of the audience is nodding off. <laughs> is Hercules um, with you? Hercules is not with us. He's with the dog walker. He's okay. been with the dog walker this week. Wow. Okay. Meg, as you know because you were in my you were in you were inside of me. Yeah, I was inside uh, of Meg, you. Meg is back home at the apartment. Yeah, Meg got under the covers with me. Oh, cute. Yeah. She it's never not, stays very long, though, huh? Not too long. No, she likes, um, to, she likes to duck her head in and then get out. So this is like, um, I guess this is why people workshop their material, right? Nothing, we, sh- we, we shouldn't take this too badly. No, she's she'll, she kind of pokes her head up every now and then when, when we're talking about her. Which seems to be a lot this episode. Well, she's right here. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tanner, this week we read a book called Christy and the Dirty Diapers. I fucking loved it. Man, Jack, uh, I think I don't... 
it's hard to say this with any certainty. I think this was my favorite Babysitter's Club book ever. Yeah. And uh, I think it will go down in history as my favorite Babysitter's Club book ever. You know what it was, uh, Jack? You know what it was? You know what it was? Yeah. G-C-B-S-F. It was good, clean, babysitting fun, and boy, did we fucking need it after some dark, dark times. Stacy fucking fell in with some crime girls, and then yep. Dawn dies. Well, Dawn- And here we are- Well. You know, whatever. She shuffled off this mortal coil. Her genitals get shot off. Ugh. Brutal. And brutal. then Sonny Winslow's mom is dying of cancer. Ugh. The Babysitter's Club is falling apart. And we need some fresh blood we need in Stony some Brook. F- fresh blood in Stony Brook. And we kind of got some this week, but we also got some good, clean, babysitting fun. And we also got it courtesy of the only man who could handle juggling all of those balls. The only man who could handle writing a symphony in 200 pages with so many different light motifs and themes and emotions. Uh, the great sweet Peter Larangis. Your boy, sweet Peter Larangis. Nipple deep in a sweet sea of sweet Pete this week, baby nation. Um, a lot of assonance. A lot of assonance there. I liked that. But you yeah, talking was... for a second. I'm gonna get up and walk three feet to my left and grab a beer. Okay, fine. All right, fine. Baby nation, this week I am your oh, favorite. Here's the thing, Jack. I have my what? AirPods in, so you can hear me just fine. Yeah. Um, but I'm not anywhere near my mic, so Baby Nation can't hear me at all. So it just sounds like garbage on the audio? Yeah. Awesome. That's gonna, I think that's going to be fun for our listeners. This. No. Here's the thing. I'm back at my, no, I'm back at my mic, and they can hear me. Here's the thing that I'm noticing already from our first attempt to not be looking at each other but only be listening to each other. Uh, I feel like you feel constrained to do uh, what we call active listening because you can't see me. You you feel trapped by me, and you are responding to me in a way that is is unnatural and, frankly, very welcome. Uh, uh-huh. But but unnatural. But it seems like the downside of that is that you are now unfettered and unencumbered no, I'm, by I'm the video the interface. And so you're really exploring the space in a way that probably sucks for our audience because you're like walking away from the mic and grabbing a beer and, and getting distracted. Yeah. Um, but I'll take it. I'll take it. We read a Lo- good book this week, Baby Nation. It was uh, written by the great, sweet Peter Larangis. It was a tour de force. We got yeah. so so many excellent things happen in this book. It was such a ensemble cast. Ugh, we had so- every and- baby was trotted out for this one. We got some new babies. Yeah, we got, we got some new babies. Some new girls in the hood, and we got it. Seems like a brand new babysitter. We got a brand new babysitter, and Jack. Yeah. It might be too soon to say this. I know what you're going to say, and let me tell you before you say it, I 100% agree with you. I love her. I love her. I think Abby Stevenson is incredible. She's amazing. She's dynamic. She's hilarious. She's quick on her feet. She's got this very, like, dry, self-deprecating sense of humor. She's like like Woody Allen, except not a a pervert. Do you want to... It's it's only her first run, so who knows? But <laughs> uh, she's like um, Dane Cook. Ooh, she's like Dane Cook. <laughs> she's like Just... that guy with the racist puppets. <laughs> What's his name? Jeff Dunham. Yeah, good, great. Um, she's like Gallagher. Yeah, she kept smashing watermelons. 
Should we just keep naming like difficult and problematic comedians <laughs> from 20 years ago? Yeah. <laughs> She's uh, great. Ba- Baby she- Nation, we we are comparing her to a lot of difficult and problematic comedians, but Abby Stevenson is a wonderful new addition to the Babysitters Club. She's wonderful. She's perfect. She's my favorite babysitter. I can say that with no reserves and no equivocation. I love Abby Stevenson. She is the fucking best. Yep. Oh, man, I was so worried. We were so worried for so long. Well, and Dawn, the, towards the end there, Dawn was being a real dingleberry. Yeah. So it, I, I think just that that stark relief has made Abby all the the brighter oh, to us. What a shining star in the firmament. Well, we're going to get into that. We have a lot to talk about, particularly Abby and her relationship to the Babysitter's Club. We um, shouldn't but- blow our wad with Abby, though, because next week's book, I believe, is... The titular welcoming of Abby. Well, that's where you're wrong because you don't do your research. No, I don't. The next book is called Claudia and the First Thanksgiving. I was so disappointed to learn that. Huh. So there is no there is no welcome Abby book. This is is the welcome Abby book. This is the welcome Abby book. Abby gets a title, it looks like, a few books down the road. Right. Babysitter's Um, Club number ninety six, Abby's Lucky. 13 is Abby's first title. It's about her bat mitzvah because Abby, as you know, Jack, but maybe Baby Nation doesn't, Mm -hmm. is a Jewish American woman. Is that the most natural way to say that? Uh, It's difficult to say, Uh, (laughs) but it's not something that's come up in this novel yet. Oh, has it not? Uh, no, if it's mentioned, it's mentioned just barely in passing. Okay. Um, but, but this is the not... thing about Abby. My wife tells this story. My wife is a Jewish American woman. Uh-huh. <laughs> she nodded. She waved her hand in the air. Um, okay. And she tells this story about the Babysitter's Club in that Abby and Anna Stevenson are twins. Uh-huh. And they're, and, and Anne, as Anne confirms in the happy reading section, they were decided largely by contest. Yep. The uh, names were, yeah. The, well, the names were, but also Anne got... This is an anecdote from my wife, so take it with a grain of salt. Anne got a lot of letters about how there were two things missing from the Babysitter's Club. Mm-hmm. One was a babysitter who was a twin, and one was a Jewish babysitter. And Anne decided to just uh, do them both. Wow, and did she ever do a fucking fantastic job of it. But one of those babysitters, one of those twins, Tanner... Rejects the call to use uh, terminology from the hero cycle. Yeah, um, we're talking. We're talking Luke Skywalker back on ta- the moisture farm, saying he can't leave Tatooine yet. Can't. Got to do. Despite, the, I got to do more moisture farming. Right. Exactly. Boy, talking, I, would, I would. We're talking uh, Frodo Baggins. Yeah, he just wants to stay back in the Shire and eat lunch. Yeah, <laughs> the lunch those is dang very dwarves. Yeah, <laughs> that dang that ding dang wizard. <laughs> This is preaching the choir as a man who has a bunch of Star Wars novelizations on his bedside table, which I learned yeah. when I stayed in your house. Oh, the, the collection of short stories. That's yeah. what you read. Uh huh. I thought maybe uh, you meant the Star Wars bathroom reader that I keep on the toilet. Yeah, good. But either of those things are still hold for the point that I'm making. <laughs> um, it that it is preaching to the choir. What I'm about to say, I would read either of those books. I would read Luke Skywalker, Moisture Farmer. Right. Well, good news. You don't need to read that book because it's a movie called Star Wars A New Hope. <laughs> All we know about a- Anna Stevenson, Abby's twin, is that she rejects at the end of this novel. She rejects But then you compared her to Luke Skywalker call. and Frodo Baggins. 
Right, and I was trying to get us back off of that um, that ledge. Anna rejects the call to be a babysitter. Who knows what's going to happen next? I think she's going to be the hero of this story going <laughs> forward. We both we'll like see. Abby so much. Why are you now putting all your chips on Anna? I liked Anna as well. They're both great. Tanner, I really want for us to describe this novel. Okay. I was thinking I, I would descri- do that. Good. Okay. That's fucking delightful. I was thinking I would describe it and then we'd have you describe oh, perfect. it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You want us both to do it. Yeah. I want to do it and then I'm going to have you do it. If you think that's necessary, that's fine. But yeah, I do. I do. I do. And I'm going to begin. Well, when I, when you do it, I'm going to put 60 seconds on a big bad clock. When I do it, mm-hmm. I'm just going to do it. 16? 60. Six zero. Six zero. There's a, there's a lot in this fucking book and we need to get the oh, thank fucking. God. Okay. I thought you said Good. 16. <laughs> <laughs> Tanner, I'm going to describe this book, and I'd like to begin, if you have no objections, now. I object. <laughs> I don't. Sustained. Wait, what's sustained? Overruled. Object. <laughs> Withdrawn. I'm, assu- I'm going to assume that you have no objections. Say nothing if you have Withdrawn. no objections. Okay. Sustained. Okay, say nothing if you have no objections to my starting right now. Nothing. Okay. I'm going to begin now. Neil Davis is a salesman and an entrepreneur, more than ready to get ahead by any means necessary in the cutthroat world of door-to-door diaper delivery. Chrissy Thomas is an athlete and a coach, committed to getting her top-ranked but down-on-its-luck baseball team a championship that will take them to the next level of competition. But these two worlds, one rotten to the core, filled with dirty money and dirtier diapers, The other defined by hope and triumph and joy, but too ambitious, too focused on success. Collide when Christy decides against her better judgment to take Neil's money to help her struggling team. A powerful exploration of the compromises that all of us must make in pursuit of our dreams. This novel provides a troubling answer to the hardest question of all. How far are you willing to go to get what you want? Christy and the Dirty Diapers. His name was Neil Davis? Neil Davis, yeah. Huh. That's what you took away from that? That's all I really heard before I started looking up the plot synopsis to Mighty Ducks. (laughs) We already did that. I know, but this is that again. (laughs) (laughs) This was was directly the plot of Mighty Ducks. They just did it again. Um, Mighty Ducks 2, I think you're... I guess, I mean, maybe Mighty Ducks 2, I guess... Except there's a, Tanner, I don't want you to reduce this novel to what the Mighty Ducks are. This is so much more than that. And this is something that Sweet Peter Loran just did. That, like, there are, I'm going to say, four or five different A and B plots kind of just sizzling on the, the different burners that Pete has going. He's cooking up a delicious meal for us with appetizers and a main course and a and a baked dessert. No, no, and no. Sweet and I don't treats mean to be and... reductive, and I don't mean to. I don't mean to say that Sweet Pete is not doing a, a exemplary job. Yeah, he killed it. He killed it, and he's a oh, he's a he national treasure. Fucking killed it. He brought back some amazing old characters mm. uh, that I'm looking forward to talking about. And, and introduce some um, he new ones. someone new. There's no wonder. I, I didn't even need to look in the back of oh, the book. Oh, no, absolutely not. I didn't either. I knew see who the second wrote this. Yeah. I had found my... Uh-oh. Use those beautiful pipes God gave you, Jack. This is from, mm. suggested by Baby B Kate, Equivo underscore Kate on Twitter, mm-hmm. which is very good. Equivocate. Thank you. <laughs> 
Ready? Yep. Sweet Pete is made of this. <laughs> Who am I to disagree? I traveled the world and the seven seas. Everybody's looking for assonance. Good. Uh, that is the intro to our segment that we sometimes do, Baby Nation, in which we discuss the specific moment when we realize that this novel could only have been written by the greatest Babysitter's Club ghostwriter in history, possibly the greatest Sweet writer on this planet. Peter Lorenzis! <laughs> That's right. We didn't even need to go to the back of the book to find out that Sweet Pete wrote this book. Never did. Ghost wrote this book for Anne. We find you out. You can feel it. You can see. You can. It, I, you have said this before, Baby Nation. Yeah. You can. You can. You can feel him dancing across the page like a little pulp nymph. Yeah. Yeah. You know pulp, what I mean? A pulp nymph. Yeah. I think everybody knows what you mean, Tanner. <laughs> why why just, would you Why would you even need to ask for clarification? Everybody, I'm sure when you said the, when you said pulp nymph. Everyone was like, yep. I could feel his on magic radiating. Even on the iBooks version, I could feel his magic radiating off the page. Like, hello. Hello. That's how he talks. And you can tell from the fucking title of this novel. It's me, sweet Pete Larangis. <laughs> and I bring you these words today. You had one, yeah? I had one. Did you have one? I had four, Jack. I had so many. I'm looking through. I'm trying to pick my favorite. Here's the thing about the Larangis moment. Yeah. Is there's there's the true, raw Larangis moment when you realize that you're reading a Pete book. And then I feel like there's there's this second Larangis moment where you find a passage that is just so beautifully written. Right. Um, and I have ca- I have managed to capture both my my true Larangis moment and my 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 pure Larangis moment. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. Hit, hit, hit us, hit us with both of those Lorangus moments, Tanner, and I'll I'll pick up the scraps. Okay, Christy, this is chapter one, page eight. Yeah, Christy, I looked out the garage door towards the back of my house. David Michael was scampering towards me, grinning. Clatter, clatter, bonk, crash. Four aluminum bats fell to the garage floor. One of them smashed me on the left toe. Yow! I exclaimed. Christy, David Michael shouted again. I did not have a cow. I kept my cool. I stood up and calmly replied, what? (laughs) Picture the roadrunner stopping short and leaving skid marks behind him. That was my brother. That like that little passage there, the roadrunner, that evocative imagery from my childhood. Yeah. Of of Warner Brothers cartoons, Mary Medley's The Roadrunner. Right. I feel like that was I was that was the moment I knew. Oh, it's this is Pete. not Ellen Miles. This is not Nola Thacker. This is not the entity. This yeah. is this is sweet. This Pete. has to be Pete. Here's Christy describing herself just to to give you the like it, literally in the same chapter. It's just she's just opening up. Before I go on, you should probably know a few other things about me. I'm 13 and five feet tall. I'm in the eighth grade at Stony Brook Middle School. I have brown eyes and long brown hair. I never wear face paint. Uh, makeup and my earlobes have not been stabbed, uh, yep. pierced. That's all you need to know. Anybody else, anybody else would just say, I don't wear makeup and my ears aren't pierced. I have no holes in my ears. Right. Other than the ones that God gave me. Um, so here was, here's my pure Larangis moment. And yeah. this is just, this is just Pete having fun. You yeah. know, 
And that's what I love. I love it when Pete has fun on the page. That's when I that's when I can see that pulp nymph dancing across the pages. Yeah. Soon, Bobby Gianelli arrived with his mom and Jackie Rudowski with his dad. They're both seven. Bobby and Jackie, not their parents. <laughs> Did you it took I feel like it took you a second to really get that. And that's the complexity. It took me a second. Of, yeah. <laughs> that's the complexity of a, a sweet Pete Larangis joke, you know? Oh, and Pete trusts you as a reader too, man. He's not going to he's not going to baby you. He's not going to fucking hold your hand. That is good stuff. I've got a couple. I just I don't know what I, Here's one. It was such a good book. It was such a good book, and Pete did such a good job. Pete, if you're listening, yeah, you did a killer job on this one. You did a fucking amazing job. Let me uh, let me read you a quick one from from early on. Okay, David, Michael, and Christy are having a discussion about the new house, which eventually Abby and Anna are going to move into. Yeah, it's like it's like two doors down from Christy's house. Yeah. I could it's tell Christie's it was house, Morbid at Destiny's house, and then yeah. this new house. Yeah. I could tell it was going to be hot. I started breaking a sweat the moment David Michael and I reached the sidewalk. I want to watch the destruction workers, David Michael said. Uh construction, I corrected him. Uh-uh. Destruction. You should see the front wall. We were supposed to go across the street to pick up a couple of the other crushers, Linny and Hanny Papadakis, but David Michael had made me curious. We detoured past the house of our next-door neighbor, Mrs. Porter. Then we saw the house next to hers. Sure enough, the entire front wall had been bashed in, leaving only the beams. See, David Michael said, that's destruction. They're tearing the house down. Uh, if they were, why would they be putting an addition on the side, I asked. David Michael scratched his head. Maybe that's for the workers to live in while they bash the house down. <laughs> I so we captured the four the same like it sounds like we captured the same four Larangis moments just yeah beautiful moments oh what a what a fucking oh the pulp nymph I I'm I'm coming around to it you didn't like it at first but it's you're it's picking up steam yeah well I would think that it would be a naiad right not a nymph because the nymph is well if you're if you subscribe to so a dryad, a dryad would be. Go ahead. A dryad would be of the forests, uh huh. Right, and a naiad would be of the seas, okay. like or of the waters. And so, if you're swimming in a sweet sea of sweet Pete, but but Pete, it's Pete a pulp does his magic naiad. On, but Pete does his magic on the the page, which right. is made of of wood. Wood. So it's a dryad. But why are you bringing dryads and naiads into this? We were talking about nymphs. Well, those are kinds of nymphs. We're just but we're trying to get specific. I just want to get this right, man. I just want to fucking get this right. I want to move on as much as you do. You're frustrating me because I feel like in in whatever mythology you're bringing up right now, Greek mythology, it's the main one. It's where nymphs come from. It feels like nymphs have to be one thing or another. Can't things just be nymphs? Well, there are all kinds of nymphs, but if we're but we're we're scholars here, so if there's if Pete is a specific kind of nymph, we should talk about it. Well, so it says I'm on the Wikipedia page now. It says nymphs are so you can have an oread, which is a nymph of the mountains. You can have a dryad, which is a nymph of the forest, and you can have a naiad, which is a nymph of the water. Right? Yes. Which does it have young, beautiful young nubile maidens? Oh, wow. We love to I'm, sing and dance. I've got to say, I had a different... You know, it's it's like when you can only hear someone on audio. I had a very different picture of Sweet Pete in my head. 
right than what you're describing from his Wikipedia page. No, I did too, but it's not like we're not the ones who who describe him as a pulp nymph. Yeah. So it's not really it's not on us, right? That he's associated with this this image of like a nubile young yeah. woman. No, that's not on us, young maiden. Yeah, and I've I've you know I've only seen like grainy pictures of him on his website, so who knows? Maybe we should move on because you still have to Tanner describe this novel. Oh, I think we should do first, Jack. What? Take a break. Okay. Um, grab a beer and go to the bathroom and do all right. the things we do on our breaks, Jack. All right. Could I apologize to Baby Nation first before we take a break? Why would you? Um, because I feel like we owe them an apology. Baby Nation. about nymphs for 10 minutes? Sorry that we're already at the break and we haven't told you what happens in this book yet. Tanner, when we last left off, you were about to describe this novel for the Baby Nation, who have been waiting on tenterhooks, as they say. Jack? To hear what happens in this great, great novel. Jack? Yes. Don't fucking tell me what I was about to do. <laughs> okay, I'm just actually narrating history. I'm not telling you what you have to do. Uh, but, while I have the floor, I demand that you describe this novel right now. You must, and I will brook no opposition. I'm not interested in, in opposing you. <laughs> okay, good. I'm going to put 60 seconds on this big bad clock that I have here. Uh, and during those 60 seconds, I would like for you to describe everything that happens in this novel. Are you ready to do that, sir? Ready to do it. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. All right, I'm going to begin right now. Baby Nation, all sorts of crazy shit happened in this book. Here's what happened first. Christie's Little League team is battling Bart Bashir's Bashers in a seven-game World Series. Uh, they destroy the Bashers in the first game. Uh kindly businessman is in the audience and he says christy thomas i'd like to make you a deal how about my company davis diapers sponsors your team and i give you jerseys and all sorts of fancy new equipment and christy's like yep i would love that and they do it and they get uniforms and the uniforms say diapers on the front because the new name of the team is not christy's crushers but the davis diapers the kids in the team hate it obviously because it's the dumbest thing in the world they refuse to wear their uniforms. Team morale's in the toilet, and they they um, they start losing a lot of games. Meanwhile, there's a new girl in town named Abby and, and her sister. Now, oh, shit, Jack. There's so much more to cover. Listen, that was just me... that was the that was like the the a prime plot. Yeah, let me tell you something, Tanner. There was like four a plots. I want to say something to you. You did a very, very, very good job of describing that part of this book. There's like four A plots and like five B plots. You described A prime plot perfectly. That's mm -hmm. You nailed it. You painted a, a perfect picture. Right. This you. is also, however, the book where new babysitter Abby Stevenson is introduced. And I was getting to her. And it is the book where after weeks... Upon weeks, upon weeks, if not years in the shadows, morbid destiny reemerges. And her young ingenue. Her young charge, Drusilla Destiny. Drusilla Destiny is the creepiest name in the world. I, can we yes. talk about Drusilla Destiny for a little uh, bit? I very much want to, yeah. The way she is described, here, let me, can I read you a passage? Yeah, please. Well, t tell, us, tell us who she is first. So Drusilla Destiny is Morbida Destiny's 
Her, well, okay. So her name is not Drisella Destiny. Her name is Drisella Porter. <laughs> and she's Mrs. Porter's granddaughter. Right. Because it turns out that Morbid and Destiny's daughter, who's an adult woman, mm-hmm. is getting a divorce from her husband. And in the meantime, while they work through custody stuff and finding a new home, Drusilla, who is a seven-year-old girl, eight-year-old girl, yeah, stays with Morbid of Destiny in her witch cavern. Is right. that accurate? That's accurate. Oh, God. We're in real trouble now. What's I happening? I'm having a catastrophe. Oh, I can't no. see you, so I just, I'm all, all <laughs> oh, I'm no. getting is... Oh, God. Panic uh, sounds. <laughs> oh! Is it Jenkins? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that went so badly. I'm bleeding. <laughs> I'm literally. Did he climb bleeding. you? Did he climb up you? <laughs> oh God! I I don't know if he unplugged my mic. No, he didn't. I can hear you. Oh. Can you hear me? Oh, I'm bleeding. I think G- I'm bleeding out. Affirm if you can hear me. I can hear you. Okay. <laughs> I can hear you. I think I'm bleeding out. Okay. I can't see. You may very very well be. Did he hit a jugular? <laughs> he did an impor- I think he hit an important vein. He climbed up and I didn't want him to get into the into the mic. So I I thought I could lift him over my head and then He got you, huh? Ugh. Who's derailing now, Jack? Tanner. Let me, me describe let me read you the passage where Drusilla Destiny slash Porter is introduced. Yeah, I'm going to try to listen through the paint. I was looking at Drew's face. She was pale. Her eyes were small and red-rimmed. Her hair, which is thick and black, was kind of messed up. A few strands were stuck wetly to her forehead. Wow. Here's who that passage 100% accurately describes, Jack. Yeah. Samara, the dead video demon girl from the ring uh 100% who climbs out of your tv and kills you after seven days yep Um, i think that morbid of destiny's granddaughter is a cursed vhs water demon no fucking question and new baby bees morbid of destiny is a literal witch who lives next door to christy thomas yep known uh, by her human name mrs porter but to christy and karen brewer who is christy's stepsister she is known by her witch name which is morbid of destiny she hasn't been mentioned in a number of books now she was a mainstay in the in the early books yeah and is a mainstay of the the little sister book but suddenly she's back suddenly she's back we've got this upheaval in the babysitters club dawn is out this new person abby is in stacy was out now she's in there's disarray and who loves to exist inside disarray witches uh, and so sweet pete saw fit to finally after 30 or 40 books to bring back Morbid of Destiny and her crazy, weird Ringu slash VHS demon. Drusilla. Drusilla uh, Destiny. And these are the first words, Tanner, that Morbid of Destiny says to Shannon Kilborn after book upon book in the shadows. Thank you for coming, Shannon, she said. I'll be at the eye doctors for an hour or so, and then I'll have to do my marketing. I'll be back before supper. Drusilla is in the den. So now what? What part of that is? 
is I, it that I would mor- say more of a destiny calls going to the grocery store marketing. That is a f- fucking strange. That's something that you would say if you were born in ooh, the 12th century. It's also weird that you're at the eye doctors. Uh-huh. That's a little troubling. Just going to get some eyes. Ooh. This is an an amazing move by Sweet Peter Larangis to bring back Morbida and also to bring back her possibly we, even more terrifying granddaughter, Drusilla Destiny. Have we been introduced to Drusilla before? She sounded no. familiar, but... She's new. All we know is this little note that uh, Marianne writes uh, in one of her Babysitter's Club entries. She seems smart, pretty serious too, but I think she keeps a lot hidden inside. You know who keeps a lot hidden inside, Tanner? Witches. <laughs> we also know of Drusilla that as she's telling a story, uh, she, Shannon is trying to get her to open up about her parents' divorce, and she tells a story from her youth, apropos of nothing. Drusilla is smiling now. I hate slugs. Oh, Me yeah. too, This I is said. This is a total, like, the, the serial killer thing. It's literally one of the signs of being a sociopath. I hate slugs, she said. Me too, said Shannon. I used to take the salt shaker outside and pour salt on them, Drew said, her eyes lighting up. (laughs) Ew, and you watch them shrivel up, said Shannon. Dad used to get so mad at me, (laughs) she said. She's terrifying, baby. She's fucking terrifying, and Morbida is terrifying, and Morbida is back, and I love it. And I get I don't I get the feeling this is not the last we've heard of either Morbid Destiny or Drusilla Destiny. No, I certainly hope not. So what a move what a move by uh, by Pete to bring those guys back. Can I can I tell you how Abby was introduced just to kind of thematically follow the the last segment? Yeah. Chapter 6. Ah, uh, chew. Have you ever heard of Phantom with allergies? Well, one of them moved into my neighborhood that Wednesday, along with two non-sneezing phantoms. One looked just like the sneezer, and the other was obviously their mother. Yes, that's right. The phantom family was here. Right. That is how Abby and Anna Stevenson and their mother are introduced to Christy and Stony Brook. Okay. As the, as the, the phantom family. Family spelled P-H-A-M. I-L-Y. Okay, so let me build on that a little bit. Because I as I love Abby, and I'm keen to get to know her. But there are a few things, and that is one of them. Anne and Pete don't do anything by accident. There are a few things that strike me as a little odd. It's a little too convenient. And I think, in some ways, the fact that you and I have reacted so positively to her also should set off some red flags. Yeah, for sure. Here it is how Abby's mother is introduced. She says to Christy when Christy is questioning her about why she moved, I was recently made executive editor of a publishing house in New York, which was a wonderful opportunity, but it's made our lives absolutely insane. A publishing house in New York, Tanner. (laughs) Are you Uh familiar with any major publishing houses in New York? Are there any publishing houses in New York City that spring to mind yeah several i mean my wife is is kind of in the industry she knows she knows a lot about this i know we've like we get a lot of galley copies of stuff okay Um, any in particular that might be listening in say on this phone call right now 
I mean, Penguin, Random House, Simon <laughs> Schuster's here, Harper Collins, um, I think McMillan, uh-huh. um, Hachette. Um, God, let's see any others. Oh, 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 Jack. Yeah, you got another Actually, one. Actually, yeah, right down on uh, Prince and Broadway and so. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's ringing a bell. If walk, pa- I walk, I walk past on my way to work. What's it called? Um, scholarly. Um, oh, scholastic. Schol- oh, scholastic. Oh, that's interesting. Interesting. They they took the executive editor of Scholastic and put her in this fucking book to spy on us. Okay, okay, that's interesting, Mrs. Interesting. Stevenson. Fascinating. I guess, better, I guess we better watch what we say about you and your daughters, eh, Mrs. Stevenson? And they have this this young woman who is the literal perfect babysitter. It's like if you put all of the babysitters together and took all of their best traits, you would get Abby Stevenson. And she comes in and she introduces herself and she says, I'm a bee. <laughs> uh-huh. Kind a little of. too perfect. I'm And this a is bee. my sister, Anna. <laughs> we'll work on that. <laughs> I think Tanner. Oh, oh, let me, let me, let me fucking. Let we, what we're doing here is we're is what's called piling up a wall of evidence. Let me hit you with one more little piece of evidence. The book opens with a dream that Christie had. Okay. And the dream. Do you remember this? Nope. The dream is as follows. Wednesday night, I dreamed we took an alien into the BSC. She looked normal whenever she arrived at a client's house. But after the parents left, her skin would glow green, and she'd take the kids for rides on her spaceship. The kids loved it. The parents never suspected a thing. Neither did the BSC until the new members started firing lasers at Claudia's bedroom. I woke up shivering. Dreams, says Christy are supposed to reflect your deepest fears. So that's Pete how this Nanner, book opens. Pete Nanner just signaling to us. Oh, they're, they're saying, Jack, Tanner, pay attention. There's a new faction. Yeah. Oh, God. The aliens have come. Oh, please. <laughs> please, no. <laughs> the aliens are here. Ugh. Pay attention. You thought the faction war was over. You thought you thought the spirits who who would won who would even won the spirits right the 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 spirit war it seemed like the dolls were ascendant then you had the spirit war dawn and the school spirit war the soldiers with their magnificent weapons decimated ages ago yeah that was in the Jesse era hopeless we've got one ballerina left well, uh, well, yeah and she's and she's constantly being attacked by phantoms. By the demons, phantoms. the demons are still at work. Robert, it seems like, is carrying on the mantle that Logan has passed down to him. Dinosaurs always a simmering boil. Yeah, but, but now, now the aliens are here. Oh boy, space uh, phantoms. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they're infiltrating, right? And it, it makes sense, right? It, it like. They're lulling us into a false sense of security. This woman who is too good to be true. You know what I love about Abby? Yeah. She's not a fucking nerd like you. That's what you love about her. Yeah, she's she's a real down-to-earth, like, relatable every woman. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people read her and, and related to her. Can I read a passage? Please. Before Abby could answer, Trevor Sanborn and Austin Bentley raced down the hall. Hey, oh, yeah. Abby, shouted Trevor. Hey, Yabby Dabba Doo, shouted yeah. Austin. 
Yeah. Hi, Abby replied with a cheerful wave. Yabby Daba do? Yeah. How did she know two of the SMS's coolest guys already? Yes. And well enough to be called by a nickname. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. Here's the cool anti-academic everyman blue collar that I love about Abby. Okay. I guess baseball wasn't Abby's only skill. Abby took a small bottle of nasal spray from her shoulder bag and sniffed it. That's better, she said. I don't think you should write about the Mets, Christy. That teacher seems like such a bookworm. I'd write something like, I wish I had read Shakespeare books and Scarlet's Web this summer. <coughs> I laughed. Scarlet's Web? Uh, you know, whatever. And what? So it's that what? Kind of, it's that energy. It's that. It's that. It's it's not being concerned about like whatever dumb like bullshit you're talking about over there, Christy. That's what you like. Oh, it's just so relatable, Jack. Don't you think? She confused. Uh, she confused Nathaniel Hawthorne's The Scarlet Letter and E.B. White's Charlotte's Web, and didn't give a shit. She's like, yeah, whatever. You understood what I was saying. You fucking nerd. Cool it. Uh, that at this point is my one knock on Abby. Though I will for. <laughs> I will forgive her it because it sounds like kind of a fucking dope novel. You want you so you in you want a, a novel about a promiscuous As, spider, a promiscuous spider who is rejected <laughs> by society, by Puritan society. Yes, Scarlet's Web, and she's forced to spin an A. Yeah, into wear... her a, a a red A into her <laughs> web. Yeah. Yes. Maybe the maybe it's a promiscuous pig mm. and a Puritan spider, and the spider spins a red A into a web above the pig's pen. This sounds to warn f- to warn any humans passing by that the pig is uh, DTF. <laughs> Scarlet's web, pig in the city. <laughs> I think we got a book on our hands, Jack. I think Scarlet's it's web. It's the first. It's the first BSC to book deal. Yeah, Scarlet's web, pig in the city. <laughs> Abby is infiltrating the BSC. Tanner. She's cool as hell. She's too cool. She hates nerds. Her mom she doesn't hate nerds. Sorry, that's that's not fair. She is a nerd. She's like this weird, like asthmatic. Allergy-ridden, like, wry, self-deprecating. She, like, is a nerd. Well, this is another thing she does is, like, anytime shit goes, like, wrong for her, she pretends to have an asthma attack. <laughs> you think she's pretending? Well, I don't know. It happened, like, so, Abby, Baby Nation, Abby uh, initially annoys the shit out of Christy. Right. Because she's very, like, she, like, takes over the coaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, and she's, like, the she, crushers. And she, right. like... Is is overbearing in the same way that Christy is. Yeah, it's almost like too too many cooks kind of situation. Yeah, um, but eventually, like as soon as soon as she starts doing that, and she's coaching the she's coaching the crushers too much, and Christy runs over to talk to her. Abby suddenly has an asthma attack, and Christy is like derailed by it. Hmm. Um, that's so a, I don't know. That's an interesting and effective technique. Yeah, yeah. Well, you should try it. That um, I'm intrigued by. Yeah, I. It's not going to make for good audio. Every time you were annoyed by me, I'll just pretend to have an asthma attack. Yeah, good. and then you Great. and Baby Nation will feel sympathetic to me, and I will be able to say whatever I want. I think you're overestimating how sympathetic people are. <gasps> <feel>. Sorry, Jack. <gasps> One second. <gasps> so, I just, I'm having okay? a lot of. <clears throat> are you okay? <laughs> do you want to? You want to stop the record?
Dude, I'm sorry. Are you okay? You all right? No, I'm fine. No, I'm I'm really good. I'm sorry. I was having sure? a very yeah. I was having an so episode. I'm, I'm calling the police right now. No, don't call the police. They okay, wouldn't even I'm know ca- where to find me. I'm in the okay, middle so, of nowhere. <laughs> okay. Well, you gave me the address earlier, so nine one one is on its way. Lie on your back. Uh huh. Lie on your back. Just take deep breaths. Okay. We, this is this. That's more. I'm important. laying. So I'm gonna take the mic. I'm taking. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm on the the mobile rig. Yeah. I'm taking the mic with me. I'm laying on the floor. Lying on the floor. What did I say? You said laying on the floor. <gasps> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you okay? No. You okay? <laughs> <laughs> Baby Nation, if you're listening to this now, uh, call the police to, what's the name of the place? Ferndale, California, Humboldt <laughs> County. Humboldt County. Oh, that's what's I'll be going here on. for another 12 hours. <laughs> <laughs> Tanner, get off the floor. Okay. Uh, <laughs> are you okay now? I'm good, yeah. Another thing that Abby is doing is she's constantly working on her tight 20, which I really <laughs> like. Her, like, opening salvo, which, like, immediately won me over. Christy comes to her house and introduces herself, uh, and she's got, like, crazy allergies. Hello, I'm Ab- Abby, she said. You live in this, in this neighborhood? Right, she's got the she's got the Hunter Bruno. Yeah, she's got the Hunter Bruno affect. disease. Uh, two houses down, I said. Need some help? Yeah, said Abby. What a trade Sidus is? <laughs> nice. I looked at her blankly. Later on, she is talking to David Michael, and she's trying to show him the signals for, like, pitcher-to-catcher signals. Uh, and she says the following. Okay, now remember the signals. One finger means fast. Two fingers means faster. Three means recite the Boy Scout pledge. Hey, David Michael protested. Four fingers, Abby barged on, means scratch your left armpit. Five means burp at the shortstop. And a closed fist means, oh, what a tummy ache I have. David Michael was laughing so hard, I don't know how he managed to pitch the ball. Jack, I don't know if this is premature. Yeah. But I get the feeling that this is kind of like a a character trait of Abby. Yeah. And I wonder if we should introduce a new segment. Oh. Please, I've been dying for a new fucking segment around it. And I don't know if this is going to pan out. Maybe it won't, but let's let's introduce it here. And it's going to be called Abby's Tight 20. Perfect. Perfect. Is, do, we need, do we need some like intro music? Do we need a, a name? Well, we've got a name. Abby's Tight 20. Yeah. Maybe we'll just do like the Seinfeld theme song. Good. Abby's Site 20. Well, Baby Nation, you just heard it. Every time Abby's has a book, we will figure out which routine she should add to her Tight 20. Yeah. Good. And I Good. think I think your I think that pitcher signal, catcher yeah. signal thing is the Abby's Tight 20 this week. Yeah. And maybe when we get to 20 minutes, we'll just do the the stand Abby's stand-up routine. Yeah. We'll release a bonus episode that's Abby's stand-up routine. <laughs> yeah, we would go to the comedy cellar here in New York and just do all Abby Stevenson jokes. Oh my god. Can you imagine what a nightmare that would be? It's difficult for me to process how horrifying that would be. Jack, yeah. We're here. We may as well while we're on the subject, while we're yeah. feeling good, while we're feeling jokey, while we're feeling Bernie. Mm-hmm. 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 Discuss this week's <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> 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 
through that. She's 10 feet away from me. She just slept through it. Wait, your wife slept through you yelling burn the week? Yeah, she's been sleeping this whole time. She had no interest. No, she's dead asleep. It's like 7 o'clock where you are. It is 8.51. (laughs) But she is, no, she is fully asleep. She's been asleep all night. She's been asleep since we started. Isn't Abby her favorite babysitter? I'm having, this is making me really nervous. This is our first live show. No, I know. And not only is it our first live show, but it's the most sympathetic audience you could imagine. Not only is it your own literal wife who loves you, I assume. I would assume that too, but... It is your own literal wife who loves the Babysitter's Club books and specifically has a favorite babysitter, and that favorite babysitter is Abby, and we couldn't keep her awake for this? No. No, she's gone. Now we lost her. I'm, I'm looking over. She's like, even earlier in this record, every time we mentioned her or talked about her, she would like give me a little nod or a thumbs up. She's stone cold, just out. Oh, boy. We had a long day. We did a lot of hiking. Did she wake up when you had an asthma attack? No. Doesn't that worry you? Care. I could have died. You I could have died die right out here. there in fucking Fernwood. Ferndale, Jack. In fucking Ferndale. It's a Victorian village in the middle of Humboldt County, California. God. Ugh, well. Um, Home of the Humboldt County State Fair. Mm-hmm. Literal seconds from the Airbnb I'm staying in. The Humboldt County State Fairgrounds. But, you know, try as you might, baby nation. Come. Come get me. I don't care. I'll be long gone. Catch me if you can. God, they're going to show up like two weeks from now, and you're just going to be lying on the floor. Your wife's still asleep. <laughs> <laughs> me long dead. <laughs> long dead. <laughs> That's why that's why you triangulate, baby nation. That's, that's exactly why you triangulate. This is the, this is the exact problem that 128 hours guy had. This entire podcast. He didn't triangulate enough. Yeah. <laughs> Tanner, I would like to hear your burn of the week this week. Final game of the Barpishers Bashers Christie's Davis Diapers Crushers World yeah. Series. Yeah. Scores 23-21 Bashers. After a couple more hits and a couple more outs, Hanny Papadakis was up with two runners on base. Oh no, David Michael groaned. Can't Matt be up? Matt, um... Matt Braddock? Matt Braddock. Best batter on the crushers? Yep, on the diapers. I glare at him. At least I'm not a klutz like you, Hanny snapped. No, you're just ugly, David Michael retorted. (laughs) Good, strong. Yeah, well, the baseball is your head. Watch me hit it. I'm really worried. Guys, your teammates, I reminded them. But Hanny was fuming. She gritted her teeth. The pitcher tossed the ball. She swung. David Michael's head went sailing into short center <laughs> field. <laughs> it's like, it's it's that wasn't one burn. That was like five burns. Ugh. And it was also what? a little bit of a Larange's moment. Oh, it's fucking beautiful. It's so fucking clever. Where the um, pulp nymph could, comes and dances on the pages, and he and he brings this like imagery of David Michael's baseball head flying through the the sky. So what? So tell me, Tanner, yeah. what do you think is the stronger burn? Hanny Papadakis responding to David Michael's burn by imagining that the ball is his head and hitting a fucking home run with it, a powerful and evocative moment, or the more brass tacks but in some ways stronger burn, at least I'm not a klutz like you, Henny snapped. No, you're just ugly, David No, you're Michael just retorted. ugly. No, I think, that's, I think that's, the, that's the burn here. That's the burn. That's the What's burn. What's it called, an ad hominem? It's an ad hominem. 
But it, it's a know, beautiful ad hominem. Yeah, there are good ones in from bad David ones. Michael. He just cuts to the quick. He's like, oh, at least I'm not ugly. Yeah. All right, let me hit you with my burn real quick. Okay. It's a burn by Drusilla Destiny on her grandmother, Morbid of Destiny. <laughs> okay. Feels a little mean, but she's an old lady. Shannon Kilborn is uh, in the house trying to cheer up Drusilla, whose parents are divorcing, which is why she's staying with Morbid of Destiny. I sure hope we got into that because it's too late to describe it we in did. detail now. We did do that. Hi, Shannon said. I'm Shannon Kilborn. Drew didn't look up. Hi, she muttered. What are you looking at? An album. Those look like old pictures. Yeah. Shannon knelt beside her and peered at a pregnant, smiling woman in a long coat. A huge bridge was in the background. Is that your grandmother? Shannon asked. Uh Uh-huh. She lived in Brooklyn. That's in New York City. She placed her finger on Mrs. Porter's protruding belly. That's my mom in there. Wow. She was beautiful. Drew gave her a look. How can you tell she wasn't even born? Shannon laughed. (laughs) I mean, your grandmother. I think she looks like Barney. Drew crinkled her nose. (laughs) With hair. (laughs) Burn on you, Mrs. Porter. You sad old lady taking care of your... You sad old witch. VHS water demon granddaughter. (laughs) That's the burn of the week this week, Baby Nation. The witches got their comeuppance. What do you think, bud? What? Do you want to get the fuck out of here? We've been at it a while. We've got some here's what notes. I, here's what. Here's what I think. Gotten here's through what I our think. notes. Here's what I think. Christy. Oh, wait. Wait, wait, wait. What? I have one last thing. Oh, Jesus. No, I have one last thing. Christy uses yeah. the term rank. Yes. Yes. I noticed that. I fucking noticed that. And she uses it in context that makes it make sense to me. Yeah, but it's weird. It's very weird. No, Baby I Nation, loved it. I loved it. We've talked about this in the past. Uh, you, you can be forgiven for not remembering this, but the word rank comes up a lot as a slang term. Robert, Robert Brewster. Brewdoggy. Brewdoggy. Let's just call him Brewdoggy. Brewdoggy uses it all the time, but no one else in the Stacy's Sitterverse seems to. says rank all the time, and we, we haven't been able to get to the bottom of what the fuck it means. But right. Christy uses it in context, and it gives it a whole new level of meaning. No, Why yeah, read no. this passage? Yeah. It actually kind of it further confuses it, because yeah. ro- when Robert says it, he says, like, rank, like rank. radical. Yeah. But here's, here's how Christy uses it. Yeah. Bart was in a state of shock. I could tell because he was standing with his hands in his pockets looking loose and carefree. He never looks like that unless he loses. Now, I'm not ranking on Bart. I am a good sport. It doesn't make me happy that he lost, but I admit it would have made me a lot less happy if he had won. I'm not ranking on Bart. I'm not ranking on Bart. I don't want to rank on him. Rank. Calling rank? pulling rank no it's not it's not even it's no she's not saying i'm not pulling rank she's i think she's using the brew doggy yeah rank version of rank rank but but it it totally throws the brew doggies yeah it doesn't mean exclamation of rank yeah totally out of alignment for me it's she's turned it into a gerund i'm not ranking on bart it's like i'm not i'm not shitting on bart i'm not ranking on bart this more is questions something, than answers. More questions than answers. We're going to have to get Sweet Pete on this podcast. And that is the first and only thing I'm going to ask him. And then I'm going <laughs> to kick him right off of this podcast. 
Pete, we're glad you came and read a Babysitter's Club mystery. One yeah. question. Yeah. What does rank mean? What does rank mean? All Just right, give now us you, a straight answer. You can go home now. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. <laughs> Tanner, this was a fun book, full of fun and light. It was a welcome reprieve from some of the horrors that we've experienced over the last few books. Dawn's death, Stacy's apostasy, uh, the disintegration of the Babysitter's Club. Just some good, clean babysitting fun. But there were some signs in the background that all is not well. One of those signs was the disturbing and troubling reappearance of Morbid a Destiny, the witch uh-huh. next door. And her... Ab- the her, abomination yeah. that she created. Yeah. Drusilla Destiny. Right. The other, and I don't. maybe there's nothing in this, but... The book opens... Confident lead-in. You've got me hooked. The book opens with two things that I found to be troubling because I noticed a pattern. One. Okay. Lately, I've been having a lot of those days, says Christy in the first paragraph of this novel. The cicadas mm-hmm. had been added since... I've the- seen better days, been the star of many plays. I've seen better days... And the bottom drops out. Are you done? Do you know that song? I'm familiar with the song. Do you really want to do By S- Citizen King. Very good song from a very solid album from a one-hit wonder from the early aughts. Well, your, your cue to sing it was that I said the word days? I don't remember. Okay. My mind, I, I'm in a constant state of free association. You're Jack. like the lawnmower man. Yep. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a weird 3D face floating in a, <laughs> a in sea sort of, of a tile a, pattern. A sea of meaning. The, yeah. the the connections that you make are beyond human understanding. Well, try to try to stick with us on this earthly plane because we're getting towards the end of a of a long record here. F- for some of us here in Austin, Texas, it's late at night. We've got a we got a newborn baby. Some of us here in Humboldt County, it's. Fresh in the evening, we got all night ahead of us. <laughs> Sounds like you and Jamie are in. The for tables a, have turned. Are in for a fun one. Yeah. <laughs> well, we did buy some uh, CBD oil last night. <laughs> oh, which is uh, I don't know if you knew this. Yeah. THC free. So. Oh, okay. Good. What does that help you sleep? Uh huh. <laughs> okay. Good. Well, it looks like Jamie doesn't need it. <laughs> She's fine. All she needs is to be subjected to the first ever live show of the Baby Series <laughs> Club Club podcast. She's out like a light. Baby Nation, better than melatonin, the Babysitter's Club Club live show. Better than THC-free CBD oil. It'll put you right to sleep. <laughs> Tanner, lately, says Christy, I'd been having a lot of those days. Then she sings, I've Seen Better Days by Citizen... By Citizen King. Citizen King. Uh, Then she says, the cicadas had been at it since the beginning of August. Do your neighborhood trees have them? They are so loud. Later, in that same paragraph, as she is talking about the bleachers uh, near the arena where the crushers do their magic, play their baseball, do their baseball magic, once upon a time, the bleachers would have stopped that ball from rolling away, she says, as a ball rolls away. But they had been destroyed during a summer storm, so the ball had a nice open run. Right. So they we were have washed away by rivers of blood. We have Tanner, a rain of insects, 
and a great storm. Right up front. Now, so I want to know, like, I want to know what you think. Do you, is this something you think we should keep an eye on? Yes, I think this is something we should keep a fucking eye on, Tanner. It's two of the five signs of the a fucking apocalypse in Revelation. Here's what I'm worried about: is like we're we're on book ninety. Yeah, something is coming. It's been coming for a long time, and this is like in Revelation. You've got your seven seals, right? After the seven seals, you have the five trumpets. And that's when shit really fucking goes south. And the trumpets are signaled by five signs, two of which have just been described. In one book. In one book. There's only 40 of these left. There's not a lot left. It ends with a, a rain of blood. And you know what else fucking happens at the no, end Jack, of this? No, Jack, it ends in fire. It ends in fucking fire. You know what else fucking happens at the end of this book, Tanner? Drusilla fucking drusilla destiny what does she do she quits the baseball team and starts a band and hires a trumpeter oh wow that's i mean that, pete i i don't want to end this on a dark note because this book was good clean babysitting fun it was so much fun we were introduced to abby she seems wonderful but there is something brewing in the background that i find to also be terrifying I don't want to. Here's end. the other thing, I, Jack. Jack, Jack, Jack. Yeah. We mentioned Citizen King. You one I, hit well, wonders. Hang on. I just, I do, I do want to clarify it. You, no, you, you said the thing about the trumpet players, right? Yeah. You, you we mentioned Citizen King, mentioned the one it. hit wonders, the people who sang. You mentioned it. I've seen better days. Yeah. You mentioned the trumpet. Right. You know whose song features the trumpet and the singer himself proclaiming about two thirds of the way through? The trumpet. Is it Citizen King? Lou Bega's Mambo Number Five. Trumpet. The trumpet. Oh boy. Some real, real spooky resonance there, Jack. Yeah, there's something. There's definitely, there's definitely something there, Baby Nation. And I think that we are all so, so, so the trumpet. You, you know that I'm gonna go find the clip of Lou Bega yelling the trumpet in the middle of. Mambo number five, and I'm going to drop it in. The trumpet! I would like to... You know he's German? I don't... He's, like, from Germany. Okay. I was going to say... It's fucked up. I was going to say how grateful I am to you and to the fact that we've been recording for a very long time and it's late at night that you didn't sing Lou Bega's Mambo number five. But possibly worse than hearing you sing the song is hearing you talk about his... Fairly uninteresting autobiography. <laughs> interesting. He's from Germany. <laughs> you He's mean interesting. Baby Nation, and that's where we'll leave you, on a cliffhanger. Blue Vegas from Germany, but where in Germany? I'll tell you. No. Munich. <laughs> I don't know why. It wasn't worth it. Baby Nation. It's wait to check his name. <laughs> Lou Bega's the most interesting man in the world. His real name, his stage name is Lou Bega. Okay. L-O-U space B-E-G-A. Mm-hmm. His real name is David Lou Bega. Whoa. L-U-B-E-G-A. And he's from Munich, Germany. I think it's probably David. David. No, well, he's from Germany. Well, it's not David. German baby bees. German baby bees. Tell us whether you pronounce it. David or David? German baby bees don't humor Tanner. 
This has nothing to do with anything. Baby Nation, thank you so much for listening to this. I hope that you stayed awake this week longer than Tanner's literal wife and the love of his life, <laughs> Jamie Greenwood. Who lasted about a long day. Ten, did a lot of hiking. Ten minutes into this episode, in the, into our first ever live show. Baby Nation, if you like this show and you want it to continue and you want it to find a new audience, you can help. Take just a moment to go to iTunes and give us a nice rating and a nice review. And if you haven't already, subscribe to this show. Um, even if you don't listen through the iTunes app, it helps us to get noticed and rise through the rankings, uh, and it help it helps other people to Rank. find our show. Rank. That's what that means. Baby Nation, this week, we read a book that was called Christy and the Dirty Diapers. Next week, we're going to be reading a book called Claudia and the First Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. It sounds fine, I guess. Tough to say. And, Tough to say. And totally um, timely. Totally timely. For when the episode will be released. Oh, God. It's just... I, right around Christmas. Right around Christmas. And then there's a Mallory Christmas book that's coming out two weeks after Christmas. Look. Perfect. New Year's. Anne hates us. And there's nothing we can do about that. Baby Nation, there's a new fucking babysitter in town. Her name is Abby Stevenson. I don't and know she's what rad to do as hell. With she's fucking great. Let's get out. Let's get the fuck Let's out of here. Let's get the fuck out of here. Baby Nation, this week I have been Jack Shepard. And I'm Tanner Greenring. This week, please remember to round off the corners in your bedroom, drown all your dolls, call your senator, and demand your right to bear time. And don't forget to let daddy love you as much as I do. If you are a sovereign citizen, you are not being detained, and you are free to go because Claudia is wearing a bra now. And the way she talks, you would think the boys had just been invented. So here this week we have uh, we have Claudia baseball idiot we have Marianne baseball idiot we have Stacy baseball idiot and apparently we have Tanner Green Ring baseball yeah. idiot because <laughs> he couldn't he couldn't name a single thing in that I just I just hung you out to dry too and I no I know I could hear you gulping down beer rah rah shish kumba man I, I was like wow Tanner's got this <laughs> Tanner's got this well underway I don't need to to jump in and rescue him. What do you call it? Ra Ra Shish Kumba, man. Fight fight music? <laughs> what do you call like the organ music at baseball games? I don't know, man. <laughs> that was a headgum podcast. <laughs>